Get in the gate. This is episode 68, talking Stargate SG1. We're into season four. My name is Mitch. The whole Get in the Gate team is here. Let's do a roundabout. There's Matty, Showing there's Brendan, there's Reese. We're all here. Yeah, g'day. Hi, hello. Episode two of season four. The other side, boys. We're here to break it all down. Before we do, let's uh, go back to the DVD and see what the synopsis has in store for us for this episode. SG-1 responds to a cry for help from a doomed civilization, which promises to give Earthlings access to a highly advanced technology in exchange for supplies that would help them defeat their enemies. But the team soon discover a shocking secret that may prove that SG-1 is doing a lot more harm than good. Didn't this have a ring of origins to it? <laughs> what? Bloody Hitler 2.0. Oh. <laughs> So this, that isn't a knock-on quality, is it? No, these these were very much space Nazis. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. Um, I mean, that had a bit of everything, didn't it? I mean, it had the had the bloody Aryan race, mm. the um, the VR ships. Yeah, that was that cool. was pretty sweet. Yeah. Mm. I loved how had just on the on the you know the Aryan race. I loved how subtle it was. The that they were sort of so Nazi-ish and it's yeah. like when Tilkware first walks in 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 so many times in the past we've seen we've seen people react to Tilk because he's your far mm. yeah. not because he's black so you think that's what old mate is reacting to mm. yeah but it's sort of slowly bur- the slow burn is that oh no it's not because he's Jafar because these people don't know what a Jafar is yeah that it's, was what confused me um, when he's when he said it the second time maybe you shouldn't bring um, your friend back with you. Mm. Yeah, and that's like, when oh, Jack oh, finally clicked. Different. Yeah, and then because same time, same time, I was like, yeah, but they don't know what a Jafar is. I'm like, oh, mm. racist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that moment actually where Jack clicked. Like you see, you know, Daniel's just like, I'm, I'm sick of this shit. You know, we've been arguing for days, and he hits like two chevrons, and Jack just like slap grabs his hand. He's like, we're not going anywhere. Yeah. I'm sorry, I've been a dick. Yeah. I apologize. But go and do what you do, but do it more than you've been doing it. And I'm, I'm like, whoa, Lots man, that's a good, that's a good <laughs> term because I found this. I know we we love that about this show, the, the conflicting ideologies between O'Neill and Jackson, and it's at its best when in one conversation or one scene, and there were probably three up until that moment where he grabbed his hand, yeah, where they're arguing, and I'm like, okay, I bl- uh, yeah, I'm I'm with Jack. Oh, hang on, no, I'm with Jack. Uh, I'm yeah. with Jackson here. No, no, and you flip in between, and I thought this is one of the best conflicts between these two we've seen so far yeah. I yeah. loved it I feel like the most like catty and aggressive they've ever been to each other mm. as well like just openly just like having a go at each other yeah like, yeah more than ever before and I was I was all about it and I, I found sorry yeah I think it was one of the best conflicts in myself as well that I've found yeah. throughout this whole time at the start of the episode I'm like you got to go in there and save him. that's this poor bastard yeah. He's, their home is getting and then at the end I'm like let him get irised yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, I was like, that was like in in forty odd minutes. That's such a short turn of events and turn of feelings for me. It's just like yeah. Yeah. hectic. And written by Brad Wright, this one too, directed by Peter DeLuise. Now, mm. I noticed, Maddie, how you always used to say you don't consider Brad Wright as one of the best writers. No, I never said that. Um, <laughs> he said he sees him more of a showrunner. You said oh, no. you hate him. Yeah. I did not. I said I don't exact notice. Exact words. Were, I don't can't notice stand Brad Wright specific episodes because I consider yeah. Brad's voice to be throughout the entire series. Good call. Much like Great call. a showrunner's like Joss Whedon. So it's a blatant E-A-D. misquote, E-A-D. Brendan. E-A-D. 
was paraphrasing. This is, this yeah. is fake. Hang on, hang on. Let me clear this up this by playing this completely news. edited and out of context quote by Maddie. Fake news. Fake, fake news. news. This is. I really okay. enjoyed this the first time I watched it, but this is one that I usually skip. But really? I think it's. Well, I don't know why. I just feel like you watch it once. You, I know what that's going to be. Like the twist. The twist isn't as good the second time. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Mm. You sort of, that part you've got is kind of almost, you know, eternal sunshine out of your mind if you want to really yeah. sort of. But I, I find if, every time I rewatch it, I just appreciate the performances more and more oh, because God, yeah. I think I think so much of it does rely on Allah and the mm. he's so charming, yeah. you know, and yeah. so he puts you at ease. And like we were saying, like I was saying before, it's like you just think it's, he's just like, oh, that guy's a Jafar. We shouldn't, you know, why he shouldn't be here, not because he's a brother, you know. Mm. Um, I, find, <laughs> I just, I, to was, me, that's you know, and then and then sitting there and dissecting uh, Jack and um, Daniel's argument, mm. and then sitting there and, and then Daniel goes it again, hardcore with Hammond. As oh, well, that's my favorite scene, which is great. That's. Mm. And it's for me. That's why I fell in love with Daniel Jackson. Was that scene? Yeah, and it's funny that Mitch says that um, he kind of goes back. He as as he's watching, he goes back and forth between Jack's side and Daniel's side. Us Daniel's side the whole way. And this is one of those episodes that yeah really solidified that for me. Where yeah. I you know I'm a Daniel. I'm all yeah. through and through. I don't think I've ever actually disagreed with any choice Daniel has ever made along the way, except for Meridian. There's something he doesn't Meridian where I'm like. No, I wouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have done that. No, no, I wouldn't have done that. But otherwise, yeah, flawless I, track record. I think what I appreciated between the arguments between O'Neill and Jackson, then when obviously O'Neill, as a commanding officer, says to Carter, get him, take him back to Earth. I'm done with this shit. I'll handle mm. it all from here. Mm. And she, I was waiting for her just to go and grab Daniel and walk out. It's like, okay, we're, we're teammates, but right now you're a civilian and I'm a soldier and was going to drag him out. Obviously, he didn't. she didn't need to do that. But then when they go back, and like at this stage, she hasn't asked any questions, really. It's just O'Neill v. Jackson. She's, She's not asking anything. Soldier. She yeah. is. But then they get back to the office, and it's that great scene that you love, Brennan, where it's Jackson talking to Hammond. And I'm looking at Carter going, if, if this was any other if this was a Carter episode and not necessarily a Jackson episode, or this is the the problem with this episode, the problem with Jack is Jackson. What you know, He's the other side of the coin. Carter would be having these exact same problems. Like she'd be the one yeah. questioning Jack's yeah. motives. And but in then Shades the, of Grey, she did. Yeah, but then at the end of the scene, Jackson says whatever question, like why did this war start or something, and then or you know we we should ask these questions. And then Carter goes, he makes a really good point, sir. I'm like, thank yeah. you. Like they they but just also, gave her one line to say, I'm not just here to be, uh, you know, O'Neill's you yeah. know guinea pig or anything. But like start of that, as they're walking in in that scene you kind of catch half of their conversation. It's like the conversation they were having back through the gate. Yeah. As, and she says, look, I'm not disagreeing with you, Daniel. I'm yeah, just yeah, saying yeah. it's very complex. Yeah, so she goes, I happen to agree with him. That's what she said. Oh, does yeah, she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he changed her mind. That's why I love that. And he changed Hammond's mind as That's well. good. Yeah, mm. given that there's kind of that little um, subtle nod, like when when Jack, when they're on the planet, he says to Carter, okay, what's our standing orders? And yeah. she, being the good soldier, kind of just recites it. And she, yeah, that's true. you almost feel like she's a little bit hesitant to do it mm. because she's like, oh, in her mind, I feel like she's going, look, I don't want to pile on Daniel here, but I've been given a direct order by my superior. Yeah. So she says Plus it. she's excited about the heavy water. She <laughs> likes heavy water. Science. <laughs> yes, science. Because I love how um, excited Hammond got when he's like, this could be the first time we've actually we can actually trade with um a race yeah 
for for and superior then, technology. And all they want is water. That's easy. Yeah, yeah. it's all electricity come at once. They've got all this advanced tech, advanced medicine, and advanced weapons. Mm. And all they want is some heavy water. Yeah. Like and then on the paperwork, you know, Hammond can just put, oh, oh humanitarian. They're like old humans. So we're just, it's yeah. not like we're just giving free shit to aliens. They're actually yeah. old humans. So it's fine. Not a problem. Yeah, we tick that box. But yeah. that's, and it's that's, just water. So yeah. it's not. Oh, it's heavy water. But why didn't they just bring through <laughs> a normal weighted water and go, here you go, give us your technology. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, the first, the first lot can be heavy water and then they just pour yeah. heaps of water through just normal water. Just pissing it. I was getting pissed Jeez. off at the guy like towards the end where they brought in like those tanks full and he's like, that's not enough. You know, and then when they're sitting there and actually having a conversation about it, and he's like, well, I mean, everything you brought today, if we could just have that, you know, three, four times a day yeah. ongoing, that <laughs> yeah. would be fine. And I'm like, are you joking, mate? And then Carter's like, oh, that's going to work out to be so many, you know, metric tons or whatever. And he's like, well, that's, I feel like that's more than fair for what we're giving you. And I'm like, you would think that yeah. because yeah. you're the one receiving this shit. If anything, our power bill's gone through the roof mate we have to dial you up three times a day we've got 20 sg teams we've got to worry about are you gonna pay our power bill no but i guess we can use heavy well, water yeah for our power yeah like that's, technology. i suppose yeah once like if it all happened okay and we'd have gotten their tech mm. we'd have needed just as much heavy water like to yeah. run like their tech obviously jack that's what would have sent on. a nuke through after that <laughs> we don't need you guys anymore we've got your tech boom we're done Stolen your VR ships. <laughs> I thought I thought Jack was a little bit harsh when he when he's when kind of Daniel goes, shouldn't we ask some questions here? And he's like, no, yeah, Daniel. Yeah, he gets a little bit sort of whiny and catty, like yeah. like the tone in his voice. Next time I tell you to shut up, I didn't hear you tell me to shut up. Too subtle for you? Well, for once, yes. W- would you hear me out, Carter? Mm-hmm. Our standing orders. What are they? To seek new allies and procure technologies to aid in the defense against the gold. Kind of and have wordy. we carried out those orders? <laughs> we came here to help them. Is that not what we are doing, Daniel Jackson? No, I, their whole world is in flames and we're offering gasoline. How is that help? We are, in fact, offering water. <laughs> Thank you. I was speaking metaphorically. Well, stop it. It's not fair to Teal. That's great. That's <laughs> gold so right there. Yeah. Decisions so made. This mission has never had anything to do with helping them, has it? We came here to help ourselves. Carter, take Daniel back with you. Tell him and we struck a deal. Yes, sir. You don't give a damn what's going to happen to them. You want their technology yeah, and you're, you're taking advantage of their situation. Yes, I am, Daniel. They're getting something they want. We're getting everything we want. Everything we want. I don't want. have a problem with that. Carter. Run away, sir. You're fake this news, Daniel. This isn't over. Oh, you're right, Daniel. It's never over with you. It's always the same damn thing. This has got nothing to do with me. Do you even realize what they're offering? At what price? Oh, zing. Oh, for crying out. Where are you going? To see what I can do to help. It reminded me of Shades of Grey a lot when they were come, you know, when um, Jack steals a Tolan tech mm. and they're arguing about that and at his house. For me, that kind of was the extension of that. Yeah, but this is just taken to. Just but this the is real. Degree. This is yeah, because <laughs> yeah, Hammond this. ordered it. Yeah, but for me, at that point as well, I was like, I mean, really, if they didn't go there, then these people were going to die anyway. Well, they um, Urundan, they were going to die anyway, so why not go in there and get the tech? And if they um, if they can support themselves, if they can help themselves with the heavy water, then so be it. But then it took the mad turn where they're like Aryan yeah, race. They're like, oh, those filthy breeders. Yeah, like, go into that. You just said breeders. <laughs> yeah, go, go yeah. into that stasis room with the thousands of mm. Aryan race and just like, and they're clones. Whoa. It turns out. 
Yeah, see, that's what I was yeah, going to ask. I think. So, I th- only this morning, like I watched this last night, I come in this morning, I'm like, hang on, what was the end result with the tanks? Were they... Yeah, were were they clones or were yeah, they almost true. were they actually not tanks full of people? Was that just what we, we were told they were? Mm. And it's like, oh yeah, look here at these three things on my iPad. That's what they are. Whereas they're in fact like weapons. When they were just bullshitting us to you know to tell oh, us a sob story. No, I always got the vibe that they were like genetically engineered people. That's yeah. why they all were, when he was saying they yeah, were the that, same, they all looked the same. Yeah, they all came that, from the same. That makes genetic sense. Material. They're not breeding because when yeah, he was swiping yeah. through those photos, there was only three photos repeating themselves. Yeah, and yeah. they're all so different actors, sense. like all extras or whatever they were yeah. there. Yeah, I, but yeah, so maybe like each individual room had the same people. So maybe the room that Jack and Teal snuck into was a different room to one that they were shown earlier by Allah, mm. but it was the same people. So maybe there's the same people in each room. Yeah, yeah, I felt that they only had like four people, four or five people, and they cloned them. Mm. That's kind mm. of what I got out yeah. of it. It would have been cool to see um like Alars like offsider chick, like her in there. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, what yeah, I was thinking there. too. Who is um uh Emery Loder is Peter DeLuise's girlfriend now wife. Yeah. Oh, wow. So she's she was an actress in her own right and she was a, a recurring character on another T V show. But yeah when when Peter DeLuise was directing he goes Babe, come in here. Come in. <laughs> now we had another DeLuise cameo at the start of this, right? He was the screaming soldier at the yes. start. Yeah. yeah. Like for no reason, just stops mid run. Now, 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 now. <laughs> Back out. I'm like, that's got to be a director cameo, so, right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. He puts himself in every episode. And we talked about performances before. I think in hindsight, it just boosts up so much more because that uh, that line from uh, sorry, Allah, Allah, yeah. Allah, when he says, "Oh, he's um he's different, isn't he?" You know, Tilk. You know, when he first meets him, and I'm watching, I'm like. To me, immediately, I'm like, it's a Jafar thing, but you're also thinking, oh, is this a black thing? And I'm like, no, I don't remember that. Because like, you guys wanting to Eternal Sunshine this out so you could watch it for the first time again, like Reese, I'm almost in Reese's boat, haven't seen this in so many years. I actually had forgotten really what the twist was. Of course, this being a 40-minute show, this isn't going to be like as it seems in the first five minutes. There is something there, so I'm looking for what it is. But I still didn't think that's what it was. So that, that performance... You, you think about what the character there, like he hates what Tilk is, but in that moment he needed Tilk to yeah, be there because it, it yeah, nice helped the other guys. And you're like, man, you are one twisted son of a bitch, man. When yeah. you're like turning away what you really are just to get something off that guy so that you in turn can use it against him. Yeah. Like, and when, yeah. when cool. the shield's at full power, he's yeah. very calm and nice. Mm. And then when things are going bad, that's when he starts getting catty and he's like, oh, mm. this is all you've brought. Blah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. Blah. It's funny because when. Um, when you when you you're talking about when he first met Tilk and he goes and he looked at him he's like oh he's different I remember thinking to myself there's not there's really nothing different about Tilk except for the emblem on, yeah. on his forehead how do you know he's different yeah and it didn't even cross my mind that it was a whole race thing yeah yeah that's that's weird so you guys were saying uh, well Mitch was just saying how uh, how good the performance is by Allah mm. do you guys want to know why. Oh, oh boy. God. Boom. <sighs> I'm invoking he, it. As he holds up the... <laughs> He's got a sting. Box yeah. of shame. All right, so we've got to talk about him. Oh. I want to talk about Allah. I've got to read something from the box of shame before I can. So here we go. The inaugural box of shame. <laughs> All right. Inaugural. Let's hope it's inaugural. Come on, let's be mine. Okay, well, I've got one. Oh, which one is it? Just read. Oh, it's from one of our Patreon people. It's from Danny from Patreon. <clears throat> oh, God. Read. Say it. Don't read it. <laughs> <laughs> the Federation is a fascist oligarchy, which is beautifully demonstrated... Oh, God. Which is beautifully demonstrated <laughs> in Code of Honor, the greatest episode of Star Trek ever. Oh. Wow. 
That's that. Um, Can't believe you think that, Maddie. That's that. Ra- that's that ra- well, all right, that's that racist Catherine Powers episode. Oh. <laughs> and you love that episode. Call yourself a fan, mate. That's yeah. disgusting. Yeah. I tell you what, though, if you think that's bad, <laughs> nothing. Go well, we on. started yeah. outside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Wait so I want to talk. I Plenty talk, more in there. I want to talk. Your about, two minutes started thirty uh, seconds ago. I want to talk about a laugh. Um, so he is a pretty well-known, uh, like Broadway Shakespeare kind of actor. And he was in Star Trek Deep Space Nine for uh, seven years. He played a character named Odo. Now the actor himself, this is his Ooh. name. Cut this bit out. <laughs> All right. Anyone want to attempt to pronounce that? Rene Aubergineois. Ooh, closer than I thought you guys would get. Aubergineois. No. Aubergine. Rene Aubergenois. Yep. Yep. Oh, fine. Anyway. <laughs> Phonetic. I love him. He's awesome. Mitch, hey. if you want to play a little something for the boys to watch. <laughs> yeah, he's going to see. I have an action sure figure of him. Oh, God. Da, 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 da. And then I have a little one as oh, well. Oh, that's that dude. Yeah, okay. That's that oh, dude. I shall call him Mini-Me. Mini-Me. <laughs> now, here's the fun little thing I'm going to play for you guys. So, this is Rene Aubergenois. This is Armin Shimmerman. This is the guy who played the main Nox in the episode The Nox. These two basically have almost all their scenes together in Star Trek. Make him kiss. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now we're horny. Oh, Quark, you magnificent scoundrel. <laughs> Star Trek fans Is this what you do on your weekends? This is a brief little insight into Maddie's life. No wonder you got such a big collection. Alright, I've got a link to a YouTube thing there, Mitch, if you want to play that for you guys to watch. It only goes for a minute. Is it Star Trek porn filmed by you with your little... That I would pay for. Watch, watch, watch. It's a scene with these two. Watch it. You two watch it. Do I have to? Yes. Can't wait. This isn't going in the podcast, is it? That's clearly makeup. He's an alien. No. So that's, that's as if the aliens drink soup. Yeah, you don't drink spoon. soup. It's doing it again. That's makeup. Doing <laughs> what? Smacking your lips. No, I'm not. That looks like um, off Beetlejuice. Oh, when their faces Remember? get all muddy. Yeah. <laughs> there. Don't you hear that? The only thing I've heard for the past four days is you complaining. This whole runabout is alive. Annoying little noises. Listen. To what? That buzzing noise. I don't hear a thing. It started over an hour ago. If you don't like the noises in here, why don't you go into the back? Because it's even colder back there than it is up here. Quark, leave the temperature controls alone. I will. I get it right. There it is again. What? That buzzing noise. Don't you hear it? All this lip smacking, how could I hear anything? Where's it coming from? Can't even eat. Inside your head. Got no teeth. I said be quiet! But you reach oh, that it was really it. makes me want to watch Star Trek. <laughs> I love it how Maddie just cracks up laughing. After that's that. a, going, that's a funny bit. That's, that's a funny bit. That's time of my life I'll never get back. <laughs> and that's coming from a guy that blacked out from alcohol so many times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I thought 
thought you guys would be more excited, but obviously not. I thought, I thought for sure you That's guys would That's why be... we're doing a Stargate <laughs> podcast. No, I just thought for this sure. This is why you're limited. That, that was like fucking 14 minutes worth of <laughs> oh, Star Trek not, shit. It might have felt like it, but it wasn't. Uh, uh, it was. No, nah, your time's up. No, my t- I'm done. I'm done. I just thought you guys oh, would be God. doing more weird stuff. We'll give you a little figures. bit more time if you want yeah. to get one more from the box of shame. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll save that. I'll save that for another episode. Thank uh, you, Danny, from Patreon, too, uh, for putting that one in. Wow. What else is boring? How much of <laughs> how much of that can we keep in? <laughs> <laughs> There's just a lot of dead air, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Alright. Um so yeah, another uh example of Zats just fix everything. Uh they use the Zats shooting oh, the yeah. door to just open up yeah. a uh, a locked electrical door again, so yeah. thank you. Mm. Actually, um we've got uh starting this season on the DVDs, we've got the uh audio commentaries. So this one was actually an audio commentary from Peter DeLuise, and I've totally blanked on the other guy who did it with him. I think it might have been Damien Kinler, I want to say. Um, but yeah, they talk about it uh, in the audio commentary. Here, put this Zat on lockpick mode, and there you go. Door's open. <laughs> Door's open. Handy little device, those Zat guns. <laughs> so even there, just like giving it to it now, just going. That's yeah, so good. Lockpick. Yeah. I like it how in season one or the end of season one, start of season two, the Zat was used to lock a door. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> tech, yeah, it right. locks the yeah. door. And here it is used to it's open the lock. door. Yeah. Earth tech, it disintegrates a lock. Or yeah. Makes it sparkle <laughs> lower. <laughs> Some great lines though to do with Teal'c in this episode. You had like right at the start where they're uh, about to, you know, embark through and O'Neill's just sort of like looking at the side of his eye just at Teal'c and he's like, he's got that look. Yeah, you know, and Daniel's like, "What is it?" You know, it breaks down this look. He's like, "No, no, no, the other one." Yeah, what was the oh. other? And one? just walks off, and like they don't explain it. And I'm I like, "I think the other one's the eyebrow raise." Yeah, I think the the joke there being that Teal's got two looks. Oh, yeah, right. like that's <laughs> and just the way that Teal just sort of like he does the eyebrow and then just like accepts it and walks mm. on. Like he's not the type of personality that, well, not the type of race that needs to ask what that means. It's just like yeah. I don't get the idea of humor. Yeah. And obviously they pay that off later on when they're like, it was like "Don't talk in metaphors, okay? This is <laughs> Teal. Yeah. It's not fair on him." Like yeah. that's such a great line because like, it wasn't played for comedy in a way. It was in the middle of such a dramatic scene yeah. but it was still but he a, can't a, help himself yeah, it's an O'Neillism you've got to throw in there yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like his Tilk's days is just full of not understanding stuff so he's just yeah. like oh, there's another one chalk yeah. it up well again and it is another little callback almost to Shades of Grey in the same way like the last what 30 seconds of Shades of Grey is just O'Neill and, and Tilk just having that look back and forward because uh, yeah. you have to go and see him so yeah, um, yeah that was That's a right. nice little touch so um what, why didn't they take Hitler 2.0 prisoner at the end? F*** him. Yeah, f***ing Iris him. <laughs> yeah, but if you get, like, at least... Like Hammond said, some of him. whom have already met their death against a closed Iris. That sounds brutal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, but still, you keep him you keep him prisoner and just torture him until he give you... Oh, God, Until he yeah. gave well, you think, the info yeah, well, of his well, tech. No, he was, Torture him. He was willing to give it up, remember, to be saved. He, yeah. Remember, he was pleading as they're yeah. about to leave. He pleads, why wouldn't he says, they? He says, look, I'll just take me with you and I'll give you everything you want. No, that's that's why it was Carter was looking at Jack and Jack goes, close the iris. Mm. And then you mm. see the bleep. I mean, that was so yeah. cold, man. Oh, they just stuck, so see, cold. And because he didn't rush through, like, they were being fired at. I know that when Alara come through, uh, will come into that room, he wasn't firing at them. Mm. But still, like, there was a sense of urgency about getting back to Earth, and O'Neill just sort of, like, steps through, 
emerges mm. in the embarkation room, just stands there. And I'm like, get away yeah. from the wormhole. <laughs> yeah, found- Anything can come through and just shut the iris. And then, like, even though we don't see him react to the, the blip, I was waiting for him just to like, not blink. Like, here it hit the thud of the iris yeah. and not blink. And we instead we just see it go, you know, in front of Walter. Mm. And you just know that's like, but he was standing there just waiting for that to happen. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. man, there's some cold he's, shit. He's the, and- the blocking was a bit weird. The way he like sort of dropped his gun was kind of awkward and stuff. Like, I felt they could have done another another take on that. But um, apparently there was, spo- there was a line written that Richard Anderson wouldn't say. Yeah. He's like, no, it's more powerful to just leave it. And I was going to add, like, was it Kim? <laughs> that Nazi <laughs> was his acting there, man. Like you could just see it. Like he was angry, and as soon as the iris, uh, you know, the, the um, as soon as the star gets shut off, then he could relax a bit, little bit more because the connection's gone, and just the the shame in his face that he'd mm. been duped mm. by that yeah. guy. He he'd let his. I mean, it was his mission, but at the same time, he'd got, let any sort of personal view get in the way, maybe, of seeing the bigger picture. Mm. And you could just see all the shame in his face, again, without saying yeah. a word. And I just thought that was so f***ing good. Yeah, because he fought, he killed people, eh? Like, in that yeah. VR ship. Like, he's hmm. full yeah. went out, fought for the Nazis, and, and yeah. killed yeah, people that like were just trying to protect finding themselves. Finding he blew up, like, an American World War Two bomber or yeah, something. That's like right. Yeah, that's mm. right. But what I also yeah. like, because I, I was the same thing, I wanted to hear him thud on that iris, but I think it was <laughs> better that he didn't, that it was just a blip, because his death was that yeah. insignificant. Well, and I guess yeah. it, was, it was a callback to the three that were lost at the start of the episode yeah. as well. Mm. But um, if you guys want to hear it for a little, a little excerpt from the uh, Illustrated Companion, oh, absolutely. Uh, it talks Audio about the line. <laughs> it talks about the line that Richard Anderson uh, wouldn't say at the oh, end. Right. It was in the script. Oh, cool. uh, although he agrees that Allah, brackets, a memorable performance by Star Trek Deep Space Nine's Rene Aubergenois. Oh, hang on. That's what. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> agrees that Allah had it coming. The writer is bothered by one choice Richard, Richard Dean Anderson made, which Wright feels made quite a difference to how the ending viewed. After he had deliberately closed the iris, knowing he was committing Allah to death, he was supposed to have said, quote, this is where we came in, end quote. In other words, O'Neill's justification was the Eurondans uh, were moribund. They were an inch away from their own doom, and then we came in and bought them some time. My feeling is the line would have helped to make the episode more symmetrical, but, you know, writers are like that and actors aren't. Yeah, I don't... I, I, without no. that explanation of the line, would not have understood. No, it would have No, it would have been weird, sick. <laughs> Makes so much sense. This is where we came in because the, the like, same Stargate that we went to. And they're in the same spot now they were when yeah. they rang us yeah. the first... Embarkation room. And they got irised, <laughs> like at the start. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it definitely worked better without it. As, aside yeah, from probably. RDA's yeah. awkward blocking, sort of lowering his rifle and stuff, um, I think, yeah, it worked much better without no, it. No, I, I didn't mind that. I think it was like, okay, I'm back home. I can't believe what I've just f***ing done. And then he's like, close the iris. Neck up was fine. It was just the body, like of just the way he moved the rifle. Right. Felt very like he, like he was almost uncomfortable with the rifle. And obviously Colonel O'Neill wouldn't be, but obviously RDA possibly would be. So mm. yeah, just didn't feel quite quite natural. But from the neck up, the look on his face is, is all you needed. Mm. When are we getting the P90s? Because uh, for me that... First ones? Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Because I was just thinking, I didn't think it was this late that we got them. Because they're a cool gun. Yeah. Because, yeah, P90s, I think, uh, do become ubiquitous with um, with mm. Stargate for a while there. Yeah. Oh, man, when Jackson starts sporting double Uzis, that's f- 
fucking like prime <laughs> SG1. What? Yeah, man. Oh, it's brilliant. Hey, um, what was with the the guy when uh, O'Neill jumped in that VR chair? Mm. Oh, and then Igor. Te- what was <laughs> that? What yeah. was the point of that? I don't, I don't know. What was yeah, that supposed I to be Lurch. saying? He looked like Lurch from He's Adam's literally, family. Yeah. I guess, I guess it was, they, they do like to add a negative element to every piece of technology that's out there. It's like, oh, you can have a sarcophagus. It'll just send you crazy. Right. Um, you can use a a ribbon device. You've just got to be taken over by a wool. And it's like, Mm. okay, well you can have these cool VR ships, but yeah, it is, I guess in a way it was world building, but yeah, I feel like they probably could have spent more time boot leathering around, finding out about all the, the non-breeders, reboots. And we also, I guess... In a way, it was a it was a choice, but in a way, you can't like you want to see the other side. Like I know the episode's mm. called the other side. You want to see the people they're fighting. Yeah. And I guess in a way, it's a cool choice to not see mm. that because it's yeah. in a way it doesn't matter. Well, um, even not not even the idea of not seeing them, but the fact that he helped them. Well, he, he you know by crashing that ship in O'Neill was taking another step to allow the enemy to then take over this facility mm. and eradicate you know the people that we've come to know mm. in this episode. He didn't even they didn't even need to stick around to see these people win the war. It was just like oh, we're going to do this and we're going to off like yeah. Not only did we not see them, but we didn't even see that mm. O'Neill's plan to help them even worked yeah. really. Well, yeah. and there's there's no guarantee they weren't horrible people as well. Mm. Like really, they're going on a on one of Carter's theories. So they combine the fact that Allah's a bit of a racist. Well, mm. not a bit of a racist, a lot of a racist. A full-blown racist. A full-blown racist. <laughs> um, and that they've got, you know, they're referring to the other people as breeders. And then Carter adds in the fact that, oh, yeah, they've got these big pipes heading up to the surface, contaminating the surface with poison gas. And then she assumes, oh, they, they've been planning this for a long time. They've started it. Mm. Yes, that's an acceptable hypothesis, but we don't know that's actually what happened. Like it's you know it's it's a acceptable hypothesis with the information they've been given, but we don't know. Yeah, but didn't she confront them and say you've been planning this the whole time? And he's like, well, and then something convenient happened. And he's like, I got to go over there now. Yeah. yeah, you know. And even at I think was at the dinner when when Jackson came back, he's like, I've got a question. When O'Neill's like. Nell, shut <laughs> up. I nearly got him to sign the paper, mate. And he's like, how did this war start? He goes, well, they came and bombed us and blah, blah, blah. That's how this war started. I'm like, no, nah, I, I want to know the story before that. Like, yeah. why did they bomb you? Like, mm. the fact that he put that out there and, and Jackson just sort of moved on. And I guess, obviously, we've got to stretch out the story and the reveal for another five minutes. But yeah, it was like, we never fully understood exactly what was going on. We yeah. just knew, obviously, that these guys were bad. For me, like, Reese, you are, you are watching this for the first time. You guys have seen this a lot, and, and who who skips it a lot? Yeah, so I do. You, you, yeah, you skip it. Yeah. I'm wondering, like, as a, maybe this has got the, the benefit of a first-time viewer, and myself, too, having forgotten. Does, do you think this episode means more in today's current climate Especially when you see a lot of what's going on in the States at the moment with mm. a lot of the, the conflicting views and things. And, God, we had some crazy neo-Nazi people, you know, on, on the streets of c- cities in America last year just being absolute dicks for no reason. Like, does it mean more now the idea that this like this is not an alternate future for Earth, but like this, when, especially when you look at his little offsider, she's like, oh, we sometimes call them breeders. Like, she has, she's been alive mm. after this war started. Like, she's only being told what she has to do. Yeah. She's got no real malice towards the enemy. She's just been born into this race or created or whatever and then been like, yeah, these are the bad guys and these are why they're bad. But we're not going to tell you the full story. She just knows she has to kill mm. them. Like, 
I think it's relevant. Religion. <coughs> yeah. I think it's obviously relevant, and I think it's it has been relevant since it was made and before that. I, oh, yeah. yeah. I think it's relevant anytime. It's, I just mean, purely... as a new viewer, it's not like a lot of these episodes, is like, oh, I can see this is a good episode, but it was probably really good when it was made because it would have been cutting edge, you know, whether it be storytelling or, or visual effects yeah. or something for TV, whereas... This I think this has just the same effect yeah. on a new viewer as Reese. I think, thinking about it, I think back then it probably would have been a lot more hard-hitting because, I mean, I don't really remember, apart from like war movies and stuff like that, no one really talked about, you know, the Aryan well, this, race mm. trying to, you know, breed out or kill out a, a certain um, race or ethnicity. Not in now. I well, think yeah. these days Not now, yeah, kids. it's more more accepted because everyone feels that everyone else needs to hear their point of view and and whatever um yeah. so i think it's yeah it's it's not as hard hitting now because you see it everywhere but would, back then i would definitely. say like most good sci-fi if you strip away the elements and get to the moral of the story mm. i think that's the evergreen part because mm. obviously this has got a very heavy nazi sort of theme to it it's uh it was came out in july 2000 so pre september 11 but if you just scale it back to the core focus of it which is don't make up in your mind until you have all the facts. Stay open-minded. Yeah. Find out both sides of an argument before you radically jump on board one side. You can apply that to the Middle East. You can apply that to Trump. You can pl- mm. apply that to any political or socio-political sort of statement. It's like if you're yeah, going a- to join the fight against someone, make sure you know who and what you're fighting well, against. Well, I'll tell you a different a, a story in real life about the other side. My wife's... Um, from the Czech Republic and when she was growing up it was communist Czechoslovakia so growing up in the 80s um, she was always told by the government and and the media that Ronald Reagan was coming to to bomb them wow and so they at school they would do instead of like orienteering or cross country they'd be dropped out in the bush and they'd have to find their way back to school with a compass they would have to they'd go through gas mask training Mm, and geez. stuff like that this. They would, like they would happen in World War Two. They'd like have to carry they around stop plastic bags with rubber bands to put on their hands and feet for whatever reason. Like she said, that didn't make sense. But that's the kind of stuff they'll do. Fear mongering, wow. and that's the other side. If you don't, and we had the opposite. Obviously, the Russians are bad. Yeah, you know, Reagan's the hero. So if you see it from both sides, now yeah. it's just like, oh, we're all being manipulated. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Same it's, as that woman saying, or oh, we can't sometimes call them breeders. She doesn't know them. She's never been out of that bunker. Yeah. yeah. She's she never, doesn't know. She's never, she's never seen the face of her enemy. No. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. That's right. Just yeah. been eating yeast for 35 years. <laughs> <laughs> in a soup. Yeah. Vegemite. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it, it, it reminded me watching it. Has anyone, have any of you guys heard of the movie Iron Sky? Nope. Like a real, like low budget, sort of a real, like D grade movie from a couple of years ago. But it's about, I, I think Hitler was part of it. But like Nazis basically like escaped to the moon back in the nineteen forties. Leap. Yeah. No. Oh no. It's a like it's a ridiculous like I think laugh at itself sci fi movie, right? Mate, haven't you wow. seen Stargate Origins? <laughs> 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 These are the Nazis that got off halfway when they jumped in the wormhole and then immediately jumped yeah. off onto the moon. But they like set up a base and they've been slowly like building Did you up see this those army. Stars? No, <laughs> no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Because <laughs> you your eyes were yeah, you broken molecules. down molecules. <laughs> Stupid <laughs> stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he just, 
obviously got good eyes though. He spotted that hairpin. Yeah, yeah good call. <laughs> but yeah, it's about them, and like I, th- I think it's the 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 movie was otherwise set in the present day, not in the future. But like Nazis come back from the moon, they've got a fallen <laughs> army to like take over. They're like gonna, gonna eradicate people like they were going to in nineteen forty. And they're emaciated because they haven't got any gravity. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know whether they even thought that far. I've never seen it. <laughs> I want to go back to the um. The, what's his name? The the oh, Allah. <laughs> Allah. Mm. He always kept talking about his father. His father did this, and he's the father, and blah blah blah. Mm. The hero of the sh- of their race, basically. The mm. So I'm thinking, in turn, if they're all clones, what is he a clone of his father? Well, is he his no, father? You're, you're only you're insinu- you're applying your logic that they're clones, but it was never said they were clones. Yeah, okay. So why do we think then that that it was only three pictures on the iPad? Because they couldn't hire any more extras. (laughs) (laughs) It's 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 left in world. It's it's left vague. I mean, if you think about it, we didn't see two of the same person in any of the extras in the background. Mm. We didn't see another Allah walking around. We didn't see another blonde chick walking around. Yeah. All we can say is they they have some kind of genetic way to reproduce Mm. as opposed and there's a genetic purity in that in the way that they're very selective in who they procreate with Mm. as opposed to the quote-unquote breeders who just breed indiscriminately shooting dna all over the place (laughs) um amen (laughs) might be messy but god it's fun (laughs) um so yeah so you yeah i don't think you can really say well based on that whether it's you know Mm. whether it's cloning or not whether Mm. he is a clone of his father or not. Because I just thought if he had a son then, who's the same thing. It could be like the stupids. Remember that movie <laughs> back in the day? No, but God damn, no. I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> he sings that song. I'm my own grandpa. Everybody. <laughs> I'm my own grandpa. <laughs> it sounds silly, I know. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that song. <laughs> <laughs> but it really is so. Yeah, I- he was on a talk show when he sang it, yeah. right? Like a, <laughs> like a Jerry, yeah, right. Jerry, Jerry Springer, Springer type or shit. Uh, Tom yeah. Arnold, love yeah. you. Jenny Jones. There is um, there's a little sort of world building thing that actually kind of uh, ruins this episode for me. Uh, when I was doing my research, turns out someone actually wrote like a sequel book. That's to, to this episode? To this episode. It takes place right after this episode and apparently everyone's cranky to each other at, after this episode <laughs> finishes. So it's called it's called Alliances. It was written by Karen Miller. I'll just read you the blurb. Do we know Karen Miller? Never no. heard of her. Never heard of her. Maybe um, never see her again. <laughs> the pr- this is the blurb. There are a whole bunch of novels out there. Yeah. Apparently it's apparently novels. they're canon too. Like this one in particular is part of canon. So but anyway, here's the blurb. The price of failure. Uh, all SG-1 wanted was technology to save Earth from the Goa world, but the mission to Yoronda was a terrible failure. Now the dogs of Washington are baying for Jack O'Neill's blood, and Senator Robert Kinsey is leading the pack. Oh, God. When Jacob Carter asks General Hammond for SG-1's participation in a mission for the Tok'ra, it seems like the answer to, to O'Neill's dilemma. The secretive Tok'ra are running out of hosts, and Jacob believes he's found the answer, but it means O'Neill and his team must risk their lives infiltrating a Goa'uld slave breeding farm to recruit humans willing to join the Tok'ra. It's a risky proposition, especially since the fallout from Yoronda has strained the, team, strained the team's bonds almost to breaking point. If he it's can't a f- long blurb, right? If they can't find a way to put their differences behind them, they might not make it home alive. Really dot does, dot dot. Sounds cool. like two episodes. Like yeah, 
I think if I didn't like this episode so much, I'd be like, oh, what about the repercussions, you know, about... Because you would. They had these technologies, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, white supremacists, we could have, you know, overlooked that if it means we got <laughs> yeah, this cool... especially Kenzie. Oh, yeah, Kenzie oh, would have. Yeah. Oh. Space Hitler who? Yeah. yeah. He's like, what? Their leader's <laughs> dead? I'll go lead them. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. he would have jumped straight through that guy. Like, he volunteered to come through. We could lock him in a, in a prison and pump him for information. <laughs> Amen. It was a mistake <laughs> as soon as I said it. Do you... Give me your info. So we were talking about, uh, through the Nemesis and uh, Small Victories episodes, about how the on our DVDs, the opening title sequence has changed. It's gone from scenes to pre- scenes of previous to um, from the movie, the, ah, the yes. panning of, of the big raw head. Yeah, I noticed well, that this time. <laughs> well, in the audio commentary, um, they actually talk about it. Oh, oh this is great. Here is oh, and Peter has a he has, head, he has lyrics to the and you don't know what it is because it's a very slow move <laughs> and we go really slow and we show you names and you don't know what you're looking at. <laughs> it's interesting that this uh, this Tries is the title sequence actually from the feature film, which we used in first season because we were busy. Yeah. Trying to get they a series the, going. Right, and they didn't have all the cool shots yet. Exactly. So, and now we pan down and we see the face of the guy. <laughs> Every year, Brad has come to me and said, hey, why don't we do a new opening yeah. title sequence? Why is the guy cross-eyed? We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's got highlights on the outside of his eyes. He looks like he's cross-eyed. Everybody thinks it's okay. <laughs> Except for me. We still haven't done a new title sequence. <laughs> that is one of the reasons why I love Peter DeLuise who's, so damn much. Who's the other bloke doing it? Uh, I think it's da- not Damien Kinler. It's the visual effects supervisor. What's his name? I've completely blanked on it. Well, whoever it is, we almost needed to listen to his entire version. Like he should have just done his own one. I'm like, yeah. oh, no, I was really, happy with no, but like that's, 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 a, re- that's a really oh. good inset. Oh my god, yeah, interesting, interesting. And then go, okay, let's see what the director has to say. And just he just like <laughs> takes it zero percent serious. Look, I'm going to I'm going to give you guys a bit of a, a look forward to Peter Deloise's next episode, Crossroads. Uh, where he does an audio commentary for that. Mm. I've already done my my bits of audio for it. I'm just going to give you guys a little tease here. The piece of audio I have here saved is called Poo Cramps. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. That is how good Peter DeLuise's audio commentaries are. Uh, do you know what? I'd actually enjoy a podcast of just the director's commentary. <laughs> well, that's kind of what they are, isn't it? Yeah, but I can't like, listen yeah. to it in my car because it's on a DVD. <laughs> <laughs> but you you know the scenes. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. I'll <laughs> be happy to listen to particular, it. In uh, particular, Martin Wood and Peter DeLuise. Not only is is Peter DeLuise just have some funny shit in there. I actually learn a lot about like the filmmaking process mm. about like because they actually teach you a lot their their theory behind things, the frame composition, what they're doing, you know, all that sort of stuff. It's actually if you've got the DVDs that have the audio commentaries, it's a really interesting read. Um, um, but what they specified there, sorry, what they specified there in that little bit of audio is so the the scenes from previous opening credits that we've been seeing for seasons one, two, and three were actually done after the fact. Mm. So I think, and I think even Craig messaged oh. me about it as well. Um, in the original TV run, seasons like one through five, which were on Showtime, it was all the giant raw head. And it's only right. in syndication and DVDs. Yeah, yeah a few of our, a few of our the, listeners jumped on and said that too. Yeah, and they added the scenes from previous. So it's weird that... They would do it for the first three seasons, but now for this, I think this season and maybe even next season, we get Rahead and then it just disappears again. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's, they just yeah, got it's sick really of weird. doing it. Um, John Gajeki? 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 G A J D E C K I. Gajeki? Award winning Canadian visual effects supervisor for Stargate SG1. No, nah, that's not him. 
<laughs> Sorry, Google. All right, Stargate Wiki is uh, incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) So I wanted to jump on at the start here. We got um, a hero moment with Walter in the opening of the of the episode. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, wasn't he working away, mate? Mate, Was he using? (laughs) He was killing it. Was he using that computer as a touch screen at one point? Yeah. They're like, how many blips did we just have? And he looked like he did the zoom in on an iPad. And I'm like. That is they do that. They do that later in the season two with yeah. a, like an old nineties yeah. monitor, and they like, touch it's a, it. It's a tube computer, <laughs> like, mate. dude. There's no way that's the touch. A couple of years earlier in Jurassic Park, someone touched a computer like that. It shut the whole park down. Like, <laughs> what that touch? But that uh, touch? Touch yeah, it? Walter was matching the frequencies, mm. and then Carter's trying to talk to them, and he goes, uh, "Carter, we haven't yeah. matched the frequencies yet. Come <laughs> yeah. down. Give me time. All right." I've... I was like, "Oh, f- boom." Walter coming in with the goods. Like I've, I've just worked so hard to get you to hear them, all right? Yeah. Just calm down and a you bit. You should know this, all right? <laughs> but you don't, clearly. <clears throat> so anyway, I'm guys. Not, I'm not a puffer, so I can't just make things happen. Yeah, absolutely. I've um, I've cracked another code for the Walter Diaries. Nice. Oh, beautiful. This one, this one dates. This was going. What was the code? Uh, Apple. <laughs> <laughs> The Da Vinci Code. So <laughs> the whole Da Vinci killed Code. It. So as I flick the pages, I'll run that sound effect again. Of the Walter Diaries. It's, it just looks like your normal notes book. It's not, mate. Oh. It's definitely not. <laughs> All right. So this one's titled, Walter Diaries Part 3, Dude, Where's My Plaque? And I don't think it has anything to do with dentistry. <laughs> we'll cut that bit. <laughs> Zing. Oh, yeah. We'll keep all of your fing Star Trek shit. Mate, I earned it. I earned that. I earned those three minutes. Not to us, you didn't. You just read something else about Star Trek. Are we going to keep the box of shame saying that cut this Star Trek stuff out? <laughs> That's my thought at the moment. In there. All right. Gate Technician's personal log okay Stargate Star Trek references. S4.03. Hi guys, it's me, Walter. I'm back, baby. This is in his diary, he writes. It's creepy when you say baby. I'm back as the head gate technician at the SGC. Once again, I'm feeling comfortable in this role. I'm wearing the long sleeves this week. And when I'm wearing the long sleeves, you know, that's what I mean, business. I've been spending a lot of time at Narcotics Anonymous. (laughs) And also trying to avoid thinking about my ex-girlfriend, Chevron. She was a bad influence. Although it is hard to forget her when I say her name out loud 28 to 35 times a day. Math checks out? Yeah. Upon my return... (laughs) (laughs) Upon my return to the SGC, I had a series of demands, most of which General Hammond met, except one. My own parking spot. But whenever I mention it to people, they seem disinterested and try to change the subject. I think the head gate technician should have their own parking spot. I mean, even Tilk has one and he doesn't even have a car. <laughs> Respect. It's just like an apophis symbol. <laughs> Spray painted on the ground. <laughs> Instead of the wheelchair one. Yeah. <laughs> Still in blue, though. People ask me, why don't you just park in Tilk's spot? I say, shouldn't have to. <laughs> You're writing in, like, actual air quotes and shit? That's so good. It's a principle of the matter. 
And plus, anyway, Sila comes in 10 minutes early and tries to park there. And I can't make it in any earlier because I have to drop the boys off to daycare before I come in. And General Hammond knows that. Is that like dropping the kids off at the pool? Is that what that's a reference to? No, he's got two boys. Oh, okay. Didn't you know? Now. <laughs> I've done a lot for this place. I was the first person to dial Abydos for O'Neill to bring back Dr. Jackson. I was the person to dial Chulak to re- retrieve Tilk. I detected the shock grenade on Chlorel's Hatak. I coordinated the evacuation to the Alpha site. There is a mission report filed where I took out an entire Jafar contingent with nothing but a Spaz 12 and a fing cardigan. <laughs> It was an alternate reality, mate. Sure, it was an alternate reality, <laughs> but that's the type of shit I'm capable of. <laughs> Comprehending alternate realities is apparently one of his powers. It's amazing. I even tried to stop the Gua'uld inside Kowalski. And what did I get for my trouble? A broken arm. Everyone forgets that. Correct. I bet Colonel yeah. O'Neill doesn't even know my name. No one does. It's a season five joke. It's good. Well done. You know something? My father wanted me to be a war museum curator. <laughs> Another season five. But I chose this line of work to make a difference. I don't care if it takes 10 years or a thousand email requests because I have a dream of a parking spot with a plaque that reads Norman Walter Davis Harriman, Senior Gate Technician. That's two. Shit. Wow, he's got some tickets on himself, Walter. doesn't he? Oh, understandable. Mm. He's going to want his own SG team Warranted. soon, I reckon. Jeez. I would like to see that. <laughs> yeah. Walter, like he, he he leaves them, but doesn't actually do anything. Like, he just <laughs> sort of, like, divert. Yeah. Where's the action guy? Mm. Where's the Carter person? Where's the Jackson equivalent? Yeah. Yeah. You go do that, and I'm just going to sit there and have a picnic. But all four of them have to wear cardigans when they go off-world. Mm. That's, yeah. that's their thing. I'd mm. just like to see Mitch's idea of, like, Hammond and Walter as, like, a Batman and Robin duo, <laughs> and mm. just see them go off-world. That'd be that'd be cool. I'd you pay might, to see you that. You might actually get your wish at some point. I'm just thinking no. forward. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> or do I? <laughs> but the interesting part in that is that Walter's got two boys, mm. but then he's got a uh, a girlfriend called Chevron. Yeah. Had. Well, yeah. Yeah. Plus mm. all those strippers from last so time. I wonder what he's yeah. doing with his wife. <laughs> she was one of them. Clearly, they're on the rocks. Oh, mate, you don't have to have kids to have a wife. You know. You don't have to. Wait, have you don't have to have a wife. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Both are true. Both yeah, are true. Absolutely Both true. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, maybe maybe one of the boys is from Chevron Two and one of the boys is from Chevron Five. <laughs> so true. All right, that's episode sixty-eight of Get Into Gate. The other side. We will be back next weekend to talk episode sixty-nine. <laughs> <laughs> Upgrades, which is a good time to switch over to. Next time on Stargate SG-1, an alien creation. They should greatly increase all of your natural abilities. That's kind of cool. Makes the team of SG-1 stronger. Your strength is five times that of a normal human. Faster. I feel like I can do anything. And better than ever before. Are you not concerned because the armband cannot be removed? Nope. This seems great. They all have raised body temperatures. Are you saying that we should discontinue the experiment? But with their new powers... I don't want to take it off. ...comes unknown dangers. Blood tests show early indication of multiple organ failure. Move, move, move! Are you saying they'll die if we don't get these things off them? Sir, there's no time! Richard Dean Anderson stars. I know how you feel. 
on the next Stargate SG-1. SG-1. What a nice little wrap-up of the entire episode. Quickly, there's no time. There's no time, quickly. They meet someone, they get awesome tech, and it's bad for them. They have to take it off. They take it off. It's like, okay, good. Carter doesn't want to take it off. Didn't want to take it off. (laughs) Isolate it. Uh, Speaking of upgrades, upgrade your subscription to Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, we've got a few Blade people coming onto our Patreon, so you can go to patreon.com forward slash get into gate. We've got some some subscribers. Our very first, our very first patrons. Yeah, we yeah. only That's kicked exciting. it off last week, so big thanks to everyone that uh, jumped aboard to uh, support the show. Absolutely. And our very first of the very first was, of course, Ashley O, oh. Boom, the OG. OG original Gator. Can we refer to her that, <laughs> as that from now on? So it's not Ashley O, we refer to her as Ashley OG. OG yeah. I'm down for that. Done. Change Absolutely. approved. So and then we've Lock also uh, got Danny, and uh, familiar name Kenneth Pricer. Oh yeah, Kenny. loves good Kenny. KP dog. Yep. Uh, Alban Bergeron. I'll say. Try and say it with um. Not a question mark at the end. (laughs) 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 It was a question. Yeah, no. I I love Alban Bergeron. Yeah, just like me and Yana. Me and me and Yana go way back. Yeah, (laughs) Yana, Jana, Australia. (laughs) Bobby Reedy going above and beyond in his subscription. Bobby, look, I don't want to say I've got favourites, but. It might be Bobby. It's he de- <laughs> definitely he doesn't shut up about you off air, Bobby. <laughs> he loves you, and uh, also. Oh no! Yeah, I'm surprised. No, yeah, nothing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What? Irish oh, no, accent. No accent. I was waiting for the accent. No, 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 that's fine. No. <laughs> Why not? Also, Melissa Alba above and beyond as well. Boom. Thanks, Mel. Damien Edwards, another familiar name. Damo. Matt, Matt Cormack, the uh, Scottish guy. That Maddie, Maddie said was uh, Irish. I may have said he was Irish. Matt said he, Matt Cormack said he's uh, he's one eighth Irish, so he's not too. So he doesn't mind a bit of Irish in him then, eh? Hey, uh, hey? depending on the uh, day of the week. To be sure, to be sure. <laughs> and, oh uh, God! And, <laughs> and our latest patron, uh, Tyson Johnson. Welcome to the oh, game. Welcome, Tyson. Tyson. Welcome to the team. Welcome to the team. Great job. So, we if really you want to appreciate it, everybody. Absolutely. Mm. You want to jump on uh, Patreon. We're putting all our bonus content and you'll get extra podcasts up there as well. Yeah. Uh, and you can pretty much tell us how to do our job. What do you want to see? Tell us what to do. <laughs> Any good ideas yeah. uh, you come up with, let us know. We'll flog them off as our own. Reese yeah. has already said, look, he's happy to get his kid off if anyone yeah. wants yeah. that. Like, I already... And we've already got naked pictures of Maddie up. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's yeah. good. That's good. And Obviously, you... I'm joking. We're trying to entice people. Come on. And if Don't you... want to be false advertising <laughs> here. <laughs> <laughs> if you subscribe to a to a high enough subscription, we'll send you pictures of Catherine Powers or Maddie's mum. <laughs> your choice. Yeah, your choice. <laughs> sign, sign. What is that? A dealer's choice. Yeah. But either way, you win. Yeah. That's, either uh, way, you're not going to know the difference. <laughs> so uh, all those Patreon uh, patrons, jump on. We've got some new stuff uh, coming up uh, today. Yes, Hitting there'll the be um, giveaway raffles as well coming up as well. Mm. So get on board and um, yeah, that'd be um, we'd 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 love you lots. And we'd of, love you long of course, time. you can contribute to the box of shame. Yes, give, <laughs> there's, give a, Maddie a... there's some beauties in there already. I'm yeah. frightened. Maddie has no idea what they say either. Mine's mm. the, mine's my favourite. <laughs> <Good. laughs> Shocker! Wow, that defense. Mine is Reese's favourite too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> and um, if you don't want to get on Patreon, then don't. It's fine. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You'll still get all your free podcasts but, weekly. But jump on, like. You know, yeah, but do do it. Do it, like. You know. Have, just a, saying, just have don't, a look. Anyway. I mean, I don't want to. Don't say, I don't want to peer pressure you, but I mean, all the cool kids are doing. Yeah, I mean. If you want to jump on and subscribe, excellent. If you don't, yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> you can, and you can. Um... We we really don't care if you're doing it. 
It can be as it can be as little as you want. It can be like we can we can be like little kids in Rwanda. You can sponsor us for like yep. two dollars a month. Yeah, yeah. look, it's me, like, I'm a dollar a day. Big it's a dollar a week. Uh, you look, cents a week if it's dollar. two dollars a month. Look, I'm not good at maths. We won't. But <laughs> it's a cup of coffee. It's a cup of coffee a month, isn't it? <laughs> Everything's a cup of coffee these days. It depends where you get your coffee. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it depends because I, I get it from Seven yeah, Eleven. It's a dollar, a dollar well, and it is shit. But you go to like a, you go to a vegan cafe or some shit, and they put soy milk or whatever shit milk, and it's like eleven dollars. It's still shit. Well, I don't drink what? coffee, so I never know how to convert that. When no. they say for just a cup of coffee or such and such, I'm like, I don't drink coffee. I don't know. I, I never used to drink coffee as well, and then I didn't drink alcohol for a year, and I needed yeah. something to drink. So that's when I started drinking coffee. I and heard, now I drink both. I and then, and then Mitch started the... saying, "Hey, let's start recording at five a.m." And then you were like, "I need a coffee." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 I, <don't laughs> I that heard is... coffee was an analgesic. I said analgesic. <laughs> analgesic. Jeez, that's anal. Mitch, wrap us up. Just, you know. I'm just wondering how, like, if I'm wondering you're gonna... how I can do that. No, no, I'm, I'm just thinking about that cafe that's around that sells the cat poo coffee. Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah. That's like a hundred dollars a cup or something. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, worth it. So we're really, <laughs> we're you? really, we're yeah. really reaching out to those people. It's like it's just a cup of coffee yeah. a month. They're like, all right, I guess I donate a hundred bucks to you. It's like sweet. <laughs> it doesn't even taste I mean, good either. You'd rather just go and eat a lob of cat shit. And if and if you want cat shit a coffee, Reese has a cat. We can make Stargate exclusive cat yeah. shit coffee. I got like, two. Double well, time. There you go. Boom. <laughs> oh, I you don't. have to feed them coffee only. Yeah. That's coffee fine. beans. Not a problem. <laughs> no problem. After three days, just, I'll get with it. I'll, I'll put them through a coffee grinder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the coffee, not the cat. No, the oh, poo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, did you, yeah, yeah. Oh, did you say cat poo coffee? I thought you said oh. cat flavored coffee. Ah, <laughs> oh, no. Bad, bad. Wow. How many yeah. cats have you drowned, Reese? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh he's, with, pussy. he's drowning in pussy. Hey. <laughs> oh, Mitch, let's go. All right. <laughs> All right. In the meantime, you can now follow us on the socials as well. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search Get In The Gate, a Stargate podcast. Get In The Gate at gmail.com. Myself, Mitch underscore Lewis on Twitter and Instagram. Speaking of Twitter, Maddie. Oh, Come on, Maddie. I hate Twitter. Give I'll never use it again. Tweet. Why do I read conversations backwards? At High Pitch Maddie on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> I love it how he said he's never going to get on Twitter. You guys And are- you started a Twitter feud. Like that yeah, is so straight, Twitter, with, and you, like you've gone straight from Sea Patrol yeah. to Twitter feud. <laughs> <laughs> like granted, no one's ever done Sea that. Patrol to I'm gonna murder someone. <laughs> yeah, like it's granted you, it took you six years. You but. for tagging me and stuff. <laughs> that uh, you didn't give an explanation. You just said I will murder you. It said at, at the Brent the Brent Gibson. Gibson. I will murder you. What else yeah. could it mean? That's fair. It's, like it could be any and reason. I, and then I said hashtag first tweet in six years. So yeah. that's yeah. obviously hashtag just... worth it. Yeah. I Brendan, where are you at? On I the other side the of that Twitter feud. Yeah, and I'm at the Brent Gibson on Twitter. Get into it. <laughs> Get into it. Is it? I'm at the Flying Gibson. Nice. Get amongst our Twitter feuds. <laughs> I haven't I haven't had anyone slip into my DMs on Twitter yet, so if you want to be the first person uh, yeah, yeah, you have. to slip into my DMs on What's Twitter. What's DM stand for? Direct message? Oh, uh, I thought dick massage. Me too. Oh, <laughs> dick, dick's in now. <laughs> we'll take anything. Yes, if you want to slide your D into my M, hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> that's what you wanted, wasn't it? That's, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the audio That's what I was angling right. for. Let's get out of here. Get into geek.com.